This is PhotoBizX, episode number 343, and today's special guest is wedding photographer Brian Bassani, also known by us as the smiling photographer after his interview about three years ago on the podcast. In this interview, he's returning to share what's still working in his business, what's not working anymore, how things have progressed, why he's creating a brand new business with associate photographers, as well as continuing with his self-branded photography business. Brian shares so much in this interview. I can't wait to share it with you. It's coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast-track your success. Welcome to the PhotoBiz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. I'm excited to bring this interview to you. It's coming up in just a minute with Brian. Before we get into that, two quick things I wanted to share. This is a busy time of year if you're a wedding photographer. This is when a lot of bookings come through the doors. If you aren't running Facebook ads, you absolutely should be. This is the time to get in front of couples. In fact, and the reason I wanted to share this with you right now is because I've just been exchanging messages with a UK-based photographer who I've been helping in regards to his ad copy. His Facebook post just went live this morning, two hours ago, in fact. He has over 50 likes. There are 99 comments as I look at his post right now and 34 shares. That's without the ad actually kicking in. This is purely organic. At this point, he has over 20 completed questionnaires, and I expect that to just keep rocketing upwards over the next, well, it should be over the next seven days. In fact, he's asked me, has anyone ever done one of these ads without boosting or creating an ad from the post, just relying on organic traffic? And the answer is yes, but it's much better to let the ad take over and run its course over the next seven days because with more leads, you'll get more choice to find your ideal clients, your ideal couples to photograph. Plus, for anyone that's not selected for one of these engagement sessions, one of these engagement shoots, who has already been to his website, to his landing page or questionnaire, it means he has the ability to retarget, send follow-up ads via Facebook to those couples who he knows are engaged, are getting married, are looking for a photographer, and he has the potential to have them book for either a paid session or to book him for their wedding services. And that's through a retargeting campaign using Facebook. Obviously, the best couples will be the ones that he hand selects from the completed questionnaires and has a follow-up phone call with. But there's no reason for such a small cost why you can't maximize your reach in regards to qualified leads and then following up with a retargeting program of Facebook ads. If you are a wedding photographer, you need to be on Facebook right now. You need to be advertising for engaged couples, whether that's for paid sessions, whether that's for free engagement shoots, whether that's just to get people, couples, engaged couples to your landing page, to your website. It all depends on the strategy you want to take. But now is a great time of year, the beginning of the year, to get in front of those couples. 
The second thing I wanted to touch on just before we jump into the rest of the show is about a project called Project Recapture. It's been put together by the incredibly talented Karen Alsop, who has appeared on the podcast a few times now. She also has the help of the Australian Institute of Professional Photography, The Heart Project, and Mark Rosetto Coaching, as well as other sponsors to help with this project, which is to support the people in Australia that have been affected by the bushfires. I've talked a bit about them in the last episode. I alluded to this project. It's up and running. So if you are a photographer based in Australia and you are happy to help, you want to help those affected by the bushfires, head over to projectrecapture.com.au. There are so many ways you can help, whether that's by offering family sessions, it could be to help with printing, it could be to help with photo restoration, video services, loaning equipment, commercial photography and headshots, even if you are happy to sell your prints, your artwork, and have the profits go to help the people that have been affected by these fires. There's so much you can do, and this applies to you even if you are outside Australia listening to the podcast and want to help, I'm sure there'll be something there for you. Well, I know there's something there for you as well, particularly things that can be handled digitally online, like photo restoration. So for more details on that, if you want to help, if you want to get involved, head over to Project Recapture. And a big thanks to Karen Olsop for really initiating this project, getting it going, and not only that, putting all the work in behind the scenes to keep the momentum going and actually get results. And now, a macro in last week's episode i interviewed michael schacht the topic was branding photography or brand photography and whether or not that really is a viable genre even if it's a genre at all we got mike's take on whether you should be shooting headshot photography and leading clients into a brand or branding styled shoot whether you should be even using the keyword phrase or trying to rank for the term branding photographer or personal brand photography. Lots to take in from what Michael had to share. In addition to going over his pricing structure, how he's booking his clients, how he's getting these branding shoots booked in via headshot inquiries mainly. And I think you'll find if you are a personal brand photographer or interested in this genre, you may find some of the things that Michael shared a little controversial and you may disagree with him totally. I know, I know that I have some upcoming interviews booked with personal brand photographers who will vehemently object to some of the things that Michael had to share in last week's episode. Get back and have a listen if you are interested in personal brand or branding photography, or if you're looking to restructure your pricing for headshot photography and generate more sales, larger sales from those clients that are coming to you for those headshots. There's a lot to take in from last week's episode. I think you'll love it. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. Alrighty, we're going to jump into this interview with Brian Bassani in just a second. If you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast, which is absolutely fine. You are going to get a ton of great info from Brian. You are going to hear him open up and bear his heart and soul in regard to a major curveball that life has thrown him and his family. But what I will be doing is saving a large portion of the second half of the interview for premium members only. It's in that portion of the interview where we go into detail about exactly 
how Brian is not only maintaining and sustaining, but building a more successful wedding photography business by attracting his ideal clients. We go into detail on how he's doing that. Plus, for premium members, I've got links to Brian's pricing page with video, exactly what he talks about, what he does to convert his clients. And very generously, he's sharing the Not Storefront landing page that he's using to get so many conversions through the Not. Yeah, an absolute ton for premium members this week. If you want to get access to everything that Brian shares, you can do that for as little as $1 with a trial membership. It's a 30-day trial membership. Head over to photobizx.com forward slash try. You can sign up there, get full access to everything you hear from Brian today, plus so, so much more. photobizx.com forward slash try. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest is Brian Bassani from Minneapolis in the States. And I first interviewed Brian back in episode 207, which was three years ago. And at that time, he was absolutely killing it. I remember sharing with you that he had 13 inquiries in two days, which first got me interested. And then I saw his video replies to his client inquiries and I reached out to him. I know he's a massive fan of utilizing video to connect with clients. He's has a lot of success with conversion. I also know that he's made some changes in his business since we spoke to him last. He's active inside the members Facebook group whenever someone tags or shares something with him or asks a question. I thought it'd be great to have a look back at his business, how it's developed, how it's evolved over the last three years, how he's still integrating video, if he is at all, and talk about life as a wedding photographer, you know, three years on to when we last heard from Brian and the success he was having. I'm wondering if things have been smooth sailing and just getting better and better, or if it's been a roller coaster, like I expect some of us go through as our business progresses and life goes on with a growing family as well. So Brian, welcome back, mate, to the podcast. What an honor, Andrew. Thank you so much for inviting me back. I'm blown away. <laughs> it's my pleasure. Look, I remember I can actually hear you smiling while you're talking. And that was one of the things that I guess drew <laughs> me to you when I first interviewed you. And, and it was, I think that was even the title of that podcast episode that if you want to make bookings, go in there with a smile. And are you as happy as you were three years ago? Yeah, I am. I really am happy. I mean, I love what I get to do for a living. And uh, yeah, I, I love this. This is great. And what about changes? Have things changed much since we last spoke in your business? Oh, man. So, Andrew, have you ever gone through a season where just kind of life throws you curveballs of things you don't expect and that just it almost kind of rocks you to the core and causes you to rethink everything? And that's the season that I'm coming out of right now. And uh, I mean, as far as our business and kind of our numbers and things like that, we've, I think this last year we shot 40 weddings on the books, you know, grossing around 171,000 uh, for the year. And, you know, things are going really well in, in that way. And there's just a lot of things in our business that we've just recently changed. And a lot of that was due to, um, and this is, this is more of the, this is more of the, this is a harder thing for me to talk about, but it's very important because it's kind of set the bearing and the direction of why I have been doing the things that I've been doing the last few months. So about a year ago, my wife's mom uh, was diagnosed with uterine cancer and it wasn't a good situation. And, you know, so it was right around Thanksgiving time last year. And, you know, she went through the treatments and things like that. And things just progressively got worse and worse and worse. And then in the middle of wedding season, she went to home hospice 
And so we had this, you know, and this is in the middle of my crazy season. And so I paused everything, all the extra things I was doing to help grow the business and, and do all that stuff just to focus on family. I'd show up to my shoots that I had scheduled in my weddings, but it was hard because you had to compartmentalize a lot of it. And then shortly after that, just a few months back, she passed away with her battle from cancer. And uh, oh, man, that rocked and changed me. And uh, obviously, I mean, she's been a mom to me for 18 mm-hmm. years. Uh, 17 years, 18 years, and uh, just an incredible strong woman. And and it was beautiful how we had this time with her in home hospice, but it was incredibly hard too. And kind of walking through this with my wife and all this stuff, but it rocked me to the core in a lot of different ways because it caused me to pause everything, all the things that I was doing that I thought were valuable, all the things that I thought. And it just caused me to stop and go and ask well, I just stopped because I just, I'm like, I'm in survival mode and I need to just focus on my family and, and support my wife and work through my own grief and kind of deal with that. And I just, I jumped down into the business and just doing bare minimum for the last few months. And I've been playing catch up in a lot of ways. Still, I'm still doing catch up stuff, catch up with blogging and things like that. But very thankful that we have uh, strong systems in place within our business because we didn't really skip a beat when it came to you know the delivery of images and client care and things like that. It was just life happened and it happened hard. And so, uh, yeah, so that just kind of dramatically changed a lot. Man, it's, um, I'm so sorry about your loss, mate. That's terrible to have to go through that. And I mean, I guess the, the only comforting fact is that you guys got to all be there. It sounds like your mum was close by, well, your mother-in-law was close by as well. Yeah, they were about two miles from us. So, okay. Yeah. What's your wife's name? Katrina. Katrina. So does Katrina, does she work in the business with you as well or does she do her own thing? She helps. She does a lot of the behind the scenes in the business with scheduling and some client care and, and things like that. But she's stepped out of that. And that's one of the things that we've changed this year where now it's majority of it is on my shoulders now. And, you know, last year she actually put on her professional hat and went back to work at a school as a school counselor for the year. And it just, and then resigned at the end of the year, just because it wasn't a good fit for our family rhythms and our, our life, just because we were passing ships, my schedules did a lot in the evenings and which doesn't always jive well with a, you know, a nine to five. (laughs) So she comes home and I'm like, See you later. <laughs> it, just, it, it was hard on our marriage. And so, you know, we've made some different sacrifices and, and they're trying some new family rhythm stuff this year. We have an eight, six and four year old kid. And this year we were trying our hat on and homeschooling. Wow. Um, you know, my wife's got a master's. Yeah. My wife has a master's in education. So she's a complete rock star and completely qualified to do this and she's killing it. And so she's been kind of moving into that and doing a really good job. And, but yeah, it's weird. Cause we're in like, we're in one of the best seasons of our life, but also in one of the more challenging ones. And it's caused me to, you know, as we were going through this, and I just kind of reflect back on, you know, after Wanda, that was my mother-in-law's name after she passed away. I noticed because we had these rhythms and, I, and we started doing things in, within the business that have been established for a while. Like, I mean, in that hardest season, I think we booked 10 weddings in, a, in like an eight-week period and like, all these things. And uh, it was just bare minimum stuff that we were doing. And uh, I, I'm like, currently, I'm currently in this process of looking and analyzing every aspect of our business and just asking why, Mm. why? And then when I answer that question, going a little bit deeper, why? And uh, I'm kind of back into this, like, I'm hungry for education. I'm like a sponge taking new ideas in, new thoughts in, and, and getting inspired by, 
just different photographers in the area and the way they're doing things and the way they're doing life and the way they're doing business and taking what I can and applying it to ours and but also wanting it to be authentically us and too. And so you know, we've been in this like big season of change, but we're still moving forward and yeah. doing, if that makes sense. It do- absolutely, it does. Mate, I want to ask you a few more things about your business, but just before sure. we move on from what you just shared about Wanda and Katrina and the family and your changes, did you actually let your clients know what was happening in your personal life or is that something you guys kept to yourselves? I try to use social media as a, as a positive platform, you know, to avoid hard things or avoid, you know, some of our clients who follow us are friends with myself and my wife and they could pick up on it. And, uh, but I didn't just share it out there publicly, you know, those that saw it, I mean, they were amazing. And, uh, and then after, but I did send an email out to all my clients after she passed away that I'm going to be taking a two week break um, from answering emails and, uh, and doing all that. And the response that we got was absolutely amazing. And like past clients would reach out just because we invest in the relationships and have gotten to know, you know, we get to know a lot of our clients. Well, I mean, I mean, it was last week we had a client, a husband and wife came over to our house to watch our kids and sent my wife and I out on a date night, which we haven't had in a while. Nice. And, uh, you know, like, you know, cause her mom was our main babysitter. And so we kind of lost that aspect of it. And they just recognized that right away and said, you can't say no to us and we're coming. And, you know, just the thank you cards and the notes and, like, and just kind of the love that was poured out was really neat through that. But we communicated when we needed to, when I knew that I was going to be stepping away for a while just to focus on the family for sure not it wasn't an easy thing and it's still like i'm kind of trembling just talking about it because i'm but it's also yeah i can imagine i can imagine yeah yeah we'll, we'll move on to some happier stuff in just one second great i love it just be careful brian <laughs> i think you're bumping or your microphone's bumping against your chest maybe if you're using like the iphone you got some sort of small mic sorry i will i'll start moving no, no, you can move. Just hold the mic off your shirt or wherever it's bumping against. It's just, I'm just hearing that through the headphones. Um, I was going to ask you, did you have to miss any weddings or any shoots at this time? No, I, I rescheduled meetings that I had with clients. Never missed a wedding. Pushed off some engagement sessions that were happening. I, I put off the things that I could. Weddings I couldn't put it off. But I mean, because I've been logging the hours and time with the family and when I could, you know, when I would go on a shoot and not knowing, you know, if, this, if that was the last day or not, I just told my wife to just leave me in the dark until I get home. And I mean, it was hard. Um, but that's one of the beautiful things about, you know, home hospice and just kind of, you know, it's coming, you're kind of preparing for it. It's not something that's just kind of taken away. Like it comes out of nowhere. We all were preparing for it and we had and we it was 10 days for us when she went home where we had that that, all that time and so i just did the best i could to compartmentalize it and you know i had one mother the bride who came up to me and started talking to me about it like on one of the weddings that i was at (laughs) i broke down a little bit and just kind of took a i said i'll be back in five minutes i'm gonna go collect myself and we'll be good to go and they i mean it's amazing just how gracious people are and especially you know weddings couples are inviting you into some of the most intimate vulnerable moments in their lives and it was kind of weird to be on the other side of that where they knew what was going on with me and gave me the space that I needed if I needed it but it was also 
it also felt really good to kind of get out of that space and just work and be creative and yeah and do that because it's grief you know this the whole process is exhausting in and of itself too and so there were some positives just going to work too for sure I remember facing a similar situation, but look, mine was on totally the opposite spectrum. I shot a wedding on the day my youngest son was born, and I felt like I was getting more congratulations from from the guest than the bride and groom by the time we got to the reception. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a pretty amazing environment that we get to go into and to photograph yeah. into. Yeah. So would you have been able to cope if you weren't able to shoot a wedding? Like, Did you have a backup plan or do you have a backup plan in case you can't make it to a wedding? I usually don't have a backup plan. And part of that is I know myself and I know kind of what I'm capable of kind of doing and processing. And part of that is what my wife, like I just, when I, when I did leave, I just said, just I'll check in with you. Just don't give me updates and things like that. But I mean, it, we were fortunate enough to make it through, you know, I had a Saturday, Sunday wedding and she passed away uh, early Monday morning. And so I made it through the weddings and, and I also before, and I would just leave, yeah, I mean, it was a gift. I mean, the fact that they were so close to us and like before I, you know, on Saturday when I got home, I, uh, you know, she was still with us and Sunday morning I left an hour early and just spent time, you know, uh, with her. I went to their house and just spent time with her at her bedside, uh, you know, just me for an hour before I went to my wedding. And so I feel like, I mean, we all had our opportunities to say our goodbyes and kind sure. of go through that process. But yeah, I usually, I'm a part of a pretty big community of photographers. And so if anything were ever to, happen you know that's a common question that brides ask like like what happens if you get sick and you're not able to come or you know something happens to you and i always tell them you know i'm a part of a pretty big community of photographers i try to stay active within the photography community in minneapolis and i tell them i would just partner with you guys to find someone who would be absolutely amazing and we'd work out all the details later i just don't want it to be i would never leave anyone hanging for sure and so that usually helps kind of give people just i mean that's the i mean that is one of the risks of when any when a couple hires an individual artist or you know you just never know and you know i do everything i can i always tell my wife i'm sick on sunday or sick on mondays if i'm shooting on sunday but like i spend all week just trying to stay healthy make good choices you know just for my body and self care so on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I'm healthy and I'm good to go. And it's usually true. Adrenaline is a real thing and it does carry you <laughs> a long way. Yeah, I agree. So, Definitely. And so does Dayquil. So. <laughs> Early on, you told me that this year was 40 weddings, uh, 171K gross, which is amazing. Fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. Has that been a steady growth since the last time I spoke to you? Yeah. Yeah, I can actually look at that. So last year was 151. The year before that was 162. And uh, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a growth from last year. But a lot of that comes just from different practices that we started implementing in our business, too. And we just started doing a lot more pre-album sales this past year. And I know, I think when we talked three years ago, I started talking about like, I had these ideas of what I wanted to do for album sales. And I just had no idea how to approach it because the idea of doing in-person sales, I just don't have the time with having such a young family. And it's like, I know I'm a good salesman. I love connecting with people face to face. Yeah, I just, I don't have the time to do the in-person sales. And so we've created, you know, what I've been doing is doing FaceTime sales sales and where I'm when I'm doing the the final kind of rendezvous meeting before the wedding 
I always just ask, hey, we have an album sale going on right now. And we call our albums legacy albums. And uh, I just sell it in a way that, and our goal is to get it in their hands by their one year anniversary. And yeah, I just kind of present the idea. And then we do a FaceTime or a Skype or a meeting where I can actually see them face to face. And I have it down where it's really scripted, but it feels authentic to the client where, uh, you know, I'm just catching up with them and just hearing about it. And then I just kind of present the idea to them about what the album, what the legacy album is and just sell the idea that, you know, by their one year anniversary is kind of the goal to get it. But the ultimate goal is 20 years from now or more more when they have even grandchildren. I want their grandchildren to see how grandma and grandpa looked at each other and kind of get grossed out and <laughs> kind of tell, and tell that love story. So I, you know, add a little bit of humor into the sale of it, but it is, that's really what it is. I mean, cause I have access to, and, and I just tell them that it's a really, it's this custom designed album that we make. And uh, we use Kiss albums with all our albums that we create, and we just have been really happy with their quality and product. So just tell me, when do you introduce this? Did you say the night or the day before the wedding? So no. So the way I have our, I set up our rendezvous meetings a month before their wedding. Right. And so a month before, we'll run through the final timeline and just kind of answer any questions that they have as the wedding's approaching. And then also use that as a time to because I, I tried selling albums after the wedding, but it just seems like pocketbooks close up as soon as the wedding day is done. And uh, people get really excited about, you know, pocketbooks are open on wedding days. And I think I had a big epiphany a couple of years ago when I was at the wedding. And, you know, I, I made everything that I could off of this couple. And I was sitting, I was with the couple. And then I think it was the wedding planner came up to him and said, Hey, what you guys have paid for, for the open bar is running out and we're going to switch over to cash bar. And uh, the dad overheard that and he came over right at five and wrote a $7,000 check and gave it to the planner and said, (laughs) give it to them, keep the bar going. (laughs) And I was like, huh, like that's alcohol. That's something that is, no one is going to remember that. Well, they might the next day, but (laughs) no one's going to go, I, I don't know. I, and it just kind of gave me the, I wanted to offer something that had value and, and I just try to present it and sell it in, a, in that way. So at that FaceTime meeting is a month out from the wedding and you introduce the idea of this legacy album. Do you actually grab one, you know, from the coffee table and actually show them? Exactly. That's exactly. Yeah. I have a few studio albums, but I get to show it, you know, through the beauty of technology and uh, I can kind of control the environment because it's FaceTime and I can, you know, thumb through it and show them just how beautiful they are and just really talk it up. And I just really leave it up to them. I I don't push it, but I just offer it. And I just noticed from offering albums beforehand to after the wedding, it's dramatically different. I got more no's to albums after the wedding than, I mean, I mean, before is just amazing. It's amazing how many people are like, yes, we want that. Right. So when you're going through that, Brian, so you're showing them the legacy album, I guess you're judging or making an assessment from their expressions and what they're saying. Is there a pitch at all? Are are you asking for the sale? Are you asking for their credit card? Kind of. So what I do is the pitch is like I add the, for the album, the way I break it up is there's a $300 down payment to lock in the sale price of the album. And then the remaining amount is due before they purchase it. And so it kind of gets their foot in the door, kind of gives them some skin in the game. And then the al- just because I don't know what the exact cost of the album is, because the way I do the album sale, and I can share the sheet with you guys too, the way I do it is it's based on image count. And so the sale price is 40 to 50 images 
in a 10 by 10 leather bound album. And that's the price. And if they add more images, it will add in, you know, it's broken up into just different categories, like, you know, 50 to 70 images is another 150 or, you know, you know, 70 to a hundred images is, I don't, I don't have it memorized, sure, but sure. it just, it goes up in brackets like that. And then, you know, and then there's additional add-ons, you know, adding text or, you know, or a different type of leather kind of bound album and things like that. Just there's different add-ons, you know, creating a bigger sized album. You know. So are you going through all this on that FaceTime call or are you just trying to get their foot in the door? Just trying to get their foot in the door. I'll talk about there is different sizes, but I don't go into the costs of all the different. I'll show them when I send them the price sheet and they can visualize it. But it changes things once they get their images and they're selecting their images. They have a hard time keeping into that 40 to 50 range. Like People are like, I love this one. I love this one. I want them all. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, it's fun. It's a fun process because it also continues that relationship with your client through the year because you know the album design tool that I use, I use uh, Smart Albums. And it's just really great because it just sends them a website of what their album design is. And they can leave feedback on each spread and, you know, and then you can kind of partner with them in that process. Right. Let me just get you to step through this. So this will interest the listener for sure is because album sales are always, I mean, there's such a great add on if you can get your clients to take one. And a lot of cool. photographers struggle to get an album into their client's hands these days. So you show them the album on this FaceTime chat, you sell them on the idea, they like the idea, then you're asking for a 300 dollar down payment is that what i heard yep that's what i do all right and then what percentage of the basic album is that uh so the basic album is 950 okay so they're basically putting down a third yeah it's putting down a third of the basic album and on average most of those albums will the final cost to the client will be around 1600 to 1700 on average sometimes more sometimes because they've added on right yeah i mean because then on top of that, one of the things we'll do is we'll offer 50% off, you know, parent albums if it's a duplicate album mm-hmm. of that as well. And so, you know, I had one client, they maxed out everything. You know, a client that I had last year, they came in the door at 3200 And because I implemented some of these sales things to it, that client became over a $10,000 client wow. coming at the door at thirty two, just because I just offered and said, here's some options. And then we... Uh, to it so some of that was album some of that was add-on to hours of the wedding day and different things like that but all this stuff that you can do before the wedding can make a huge difference absolutely so what's the incentive for the couple if any for them to put the down payment on the legacy album before the wedding as opposed to waiting till after so what i tell them is the sale usually the sale ends um the the wedding date and what is the sale is it a percentage off it's a percentage off, yeah, off the uh, original price. And so it's usually about three, $400 off. Oh, right, okay. Lower. So they can see kind of what the album usually costs versus what the sale cost is. And, and then, yeah. Okay, so they're saving 30 to 40% by locking in the album beforehand. So you take the $300 down payment and then all the other conversation that happens around the album and the design and the upgrades, that all happens after the wedding once they get back from the honeymoon. Yep. Once we start the initial album design, then that conversation starts and, and we don't know. And every time I do a draft of kind of re-editing, I'll let them know we're at image count here. This is where the image count is. And this is what draft we're on. And it's really, and I just put it in the hands of the client. I mean, it's going to be their, it's their album. It's their legacy and story that they're going to be sharing. And 
I want it to be what they want. And then some clients will, once we design the album, we'll ask, hey, can we break this up into payments? And we'll do anything just to get it in their hands sure. to make it work for them. So what happens after the wedding, Brian? Let's say you've got a legacy album client and they've chosen the base package to start with. Do you just send them then you know, an album with 200 or 300 photos? Yeah, well, the base package, I call it the artist, uh, it's the artist collection. So that as I'm the artist, I'll design the initial album. And Nice idea. I like that. Based on the images that I feel like tell their story the most. And then I'll submit that. And most of the time that's over that 40 to 50 image count. And just depends on the length of the wedding and just kind of how the story lays out. Because I don't want their album pages to be cluttered and filled with too many images. I want each page to have a certain feel and a certain look. So it's kind of, here's the initial design. Do you love it? And then it's on them. If they want to take things out, they can take things out. And if they want to add in, they can add in. And so we kind of go back and forth within that. Okay. So when you send that initial design, let's say it's double what they paid for or what they're expecting, is there a price breakdown? I know you said there's a number of images. So in this album design, do you love it? There's 200 photos. This is going to be $2,500 as it is. Yeah, I don't get into I mean, they know they've seen the price point on the front end of if they add additional images or, you know, kind of what each bracket entails. And so it doesn't surprise them. When I send the initial design, I don't go into this is how much it costs. I just let them know this is our image count and here's where we're at. And because I don't want to stick, I don't want to stick or shock them. I'm just, we're just trying to design the album that they want. And then once we finalize it and once they see it, I'll send the final invoice with all the details, with all the breakdown of everything that's happening. So they completely understand it. And I had one couple, they were in that price point of the price bracket where it jumped up a little bit because their image count was, you know, the cutoff was at 69 and they were at 74. And they're like, oh, we're already at that price point. Can we add you know, 30 more images? <laughs> I, thought like, you, I thought you were going to say the opposite. Gonna the, <laughs> it's going to be the same price. And I'm like, absolutely. And so it's just going to cost a little bit for me to kind of, I have to redesign a little bit of it. But, you know, they were so excited that they were like, Yes, we can maximize it. <laughs> I thought for sure, and I'm guessing the listener would have as well, is thinking, oh, they're going to say, can we take four or five photos out <laughs> to come back underneath? It's rare. In my experience, it's been hard for clients when they've asked for certain images to be in there. It's hard for them to take them out because they're just attached to it. you know. And that's one of the advantages, I think, of when you design the album kind of, of everything throughout their whole wedding day, like from your perspective or you telling the story that it just they just get emotionally hooked because it is their wedding day it's hard to take an image out it's hard to take out that you know I don't know I, that's just from my experience and what I've noticed from when we've been doing this for so. sure Mate, I want to talk about conversions with you in just a second, but you sure. said something earlier that caught my attention you said that when you were going through all those things with Wanda and the family you tried to re-examine the whole business and there were a whole lot of things that you thought were valuable that they weren't. Can you give me an example of one or two of those things? Yeah. And so one of the things that I was doing is I was creating individual videos for all my clients, like when they would book, for example. And, you know, hey, John and Jill, thank you so much for, you know, booking me. I'm so excited to shoot your wedding. What I do now instead is I just created a very generic video that I send to all my clients where it's just me and then introducing my wife. And it's very similar to what we did, but it's just one general video. And so I just can reuse that over and over and over and not spend more time creating pers- like 
I just, what I saw is I didn't see a difference in how that played out. Clients were like, oh, that's cute. That's nice. But it didn't really make an impact. And when I stopped doing it, I saw no change. And so that was just one aspect of one of the things that I stopped doing. The other one was stressing out over Instagram and Facebook and kind of getting all of making sure I'm on there all the time doing the thing. (laughs) It's there's so many different ways to market yourself and there's so many different ways to find clients. And at the end of the day, you have to go, what am I good at? What's working for us? And focus on that. And I was really inspired. The other day, I listened to uh, Devin Robinson and I got to meet him two years ago at a, a marriage retreat, him and I, that my wife and I went to. And solid dude and like but i was blown away by his podcast and all the things that they're doing you know how he utilizes instagram and all that stuff it, it inspired me and it's causing me to go i have no idea what i'm doing on instagram i'm just gonna stop and <laughs> and reevaluate <laughs> but it, on the flip side we also advertise with the not and i know that it's, a lot of people have mixed feelings on advertising you know with the knot or wedding wire or another platform but it's been something that i've been doing for six seven years now and this past march we've been on the wait list for five years for one of the top spots advertising in the knot in the minneapolis area and a spot just opened up for us and so we're in the top six every time someone opens up the knots wedding page where they show the photographers and so we're being seen our exposure has gone up a lot which has created a lot more uh, inquiries coming in as well. So. Okay, so that's working well for you. That's why you invested the money there because you knew it was already generating bookings. It's generated, a, you know, I, when I did the math a few months ago, out of the last 120 weddings, 60% came from the knot. Wow, okay. So it made sense to reinvest there. It, it just made sense when we did that to, to yeah, to, to just put more of our chips in there. And, uh, and then it's also... You know, I, I loved what Devin, Devin said this too in his podcast. I love it because he's like a year ahead of what, where we are and kind of what we're doing is we're creating a, an associate brand off our brand because we say no to a lot of clients every year. We say no because we're booked, our calendar spill, or we hit our quota for the month. And so this past year, I started a, another business in a sense to help turn where I'm hiring photographers and kind of managing all the client care within that because we have some good systems in place and hiring photographers to do the work and you know and this has been a struggle i'm learning i'm I'm failing every week when i'm meeting with it's hard booking other people you know (laughs) selling someone else's work versus mine but i'm just failing forward and trying to figure it out but i'm excited because this is one of the things that i'm leaning into right now is how to turn my nose into opportunities because you never know you just you know one of my favorite quotes of all time and i think it comes from bear grills you know, the guy from man versus wild, he says, risk nothing, gain nothing. And like, I just, I'm starting to think, you know, I'm 40 or I'm not 40 yet. In a few years, I'll be 40 and 10 years, I'll be, you know, 47 and 48. And I can't be shooting 40 weddings a year, but I can manage, I can teach. I love the industry. I love what I get to do. And it's like, I know so many photographers who are doing it, but aren't growing their business. And if I can help them in a way, grow their business too, like, oh man, I get so excited about helping other people and the staff that I brought in this year, it was such a blessing for them to be able to pay them a decent wage and to go shoot the wedding and be creative. And then I handle everything else on the back end and just like, I, I don't know. I feel like there's something there. I'm still trying to figure all of the ins and outs of what that's going to look like. And when I listened to Devin's podcast the other day, I was like, he's doing it. Oh my gosh. So, 
Fantastic. So if the listeners lost it all, I I interviewed Devin recently and you can find his podcast in the archives for sure. But that's so cool to hear that. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. Yeah. You said something interesting there, Brian, because I know that there was a post again a little while ago from Barry Forshaw in our group about his, I won't say his hatred, his, uh, he has this lack of desire to utilize Facebook and Instagram where he finds that his strengths are elsewhere. Have you noticed a downturn in bookings or inquiries or business because you've stopped focusing on Instagram and Facebook? I haven't noticed a downturn. Right now, what I was talking about earlier where I'm asking why, Facebook and Instagram, I'm currently in that process. of, And it sounds like very similar to where he may be where... I don't know how valuable it is to me yet. And I don't know if I'm utilizing it to the best way. And so I'm just kind of doing a bare minimum, just making sure we have some sort of presence known in, you know, on Instagram and Facebook. But I'm not 100% sure how I want to utilize it yet. I mean, I'm, I just, I don't want to waste my time doing things that, like, I don't want to post images to try to impress other photographers. If I'm going to post things, I want to attract potential clients. And so... Uh, because I, ca- I, I don't know, I feel like sometimes we can get caught into that trap where we can try to build ourselves up, you know, or build our ego up or build whatever. I just felt like a lot of my engagement was other photographers and not new clients. And I'm like, golly, this isn't, I'm not making money off of this. If I'm going to do this, I want to make money off of it. And so I'm currently, I'm, I'm, I just don't 100% know what I'm going to be doing and how I'm going to be utilizing it in the near future. But I think it's okay. I think it's okay to give yourself permission to go, why? Absolutely. I think what we do, like everything we should in our business that we do, we should have an intention behind it. If we don't have an intention behind it of why we're doing it, we should stop doing it. And we shouldn't just be doing things because we feel like it's the right thing. No, there should be a reason for it. And you should be able to answer what that reason is. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I really do. Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. Why did you decide to have a whole new web presence, you know, new brand, everything? Why not just something like uh, Brian Bassani Photographers? I wanted to separate myself from the brand a little bit. I wanted something new. I feel like that's a fun challenge too. And it, you know, and I don't know, maybe down the road, I can sell it too. I mean, it is a possibility if it grows or it could be, I don't know. I just like the idea that it's not dependent upon me. Like I can step back, I can shoot within that business, but I can hire other people in more. And it's more about the community of photographers and the family that we're bringing in to create the art around it. And so it's a little more turnkey in that sense where there, there's just some, there's going to be some good, good things within that. So uh, I just wanted to kind of, I don't don't know, because again, 10 years from now, like I can't be shooting the same volume that I'm doing. And so I can see an ending point with Brian Bassani photography, but this I could see going for a long time just because it has a, a simple, it's more of a studio name versus associated with just me. And so I can start to, you know, it's kind of my 10 year plan is what I've been saying is to grow this in the next 10 years slowly. And because like I said, I've been failing a lot within this, but but I'm also small. We're keeping it small intentionally so I can learn the ins and outs of how to grow another studio in that way. I love, so. it. I love it, mate. It's, um, well, that's it. Let's talk again and we'll follow along. I'd love to hear how it all goes and how it plays out. Oh, man, I'm jazzed and a little excited and, and so scared. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> I'm so scared. It's frightening. Like having your name tied to something, 
and having someone else shoot it. It's frightening. And, but it's also very freeing. And it's like, it's exciting to invite other people to do what they do. And it's not you and you have to be okay with that. And what they're doing, it may be different, but I so it's been great to have some conversations with, you know, some of my photographers and, you know, and then encourage them and help them grow in their craft and just kind of share some of the knowledge that I've learned through the past few years. And, but it's also inspiring to see how they see things because it's different than me. And so, yeah, I'm just trying to turn my, like I said, I mean, I, I think last year we said no to about 200 and some clients, wow, potential leads. And wow. I'm just trying to turn some of those no's into opportunities. Absolutely. And I'm not going to have every lead filter into our new business because I've built amazing relationships with other photographers in this area too. And it's like, I'm always just giving choices to the potential client. Hey, we're open. Here's a studio that I manage. Check it out. If this seems like a good fit for you, check out this photographer and that's open on your date and check out this photographer. Because at the end of the day, I want them to be excited about who they're working with. So Yes. You know what? I'm really, I am really interested to hear what you find because when we grew our business and we started taking on uh, associate shooters, I found that the referrals from other local photographers dried up pretty quickly because I wasn't referring you know, weddings back to them because I was shooting as many as I could get because I had associates. Yep. So that those relationships felt like they, I wouldn't say they broke down, but it was a different kind of relationship. I was sort of out of the loop with the local guys because I was out of the referral network, if you like. Yeah. I, and I don't want to do that. And I don't know if it will happen just because that's just some of the nature of the beat. I don't know. I'm trying to navigate those waters. It'll um, be interesting. Well. It'll be good. <laughs> and I don't know. Like, I don't know what that looks like. And because I have some pretty amazing photographers, but I'm also, I have to think too, there's kind of a selfish thought that I have to have where I'm like, I'm trying to think long-term of where I want to be within my family life and my business as well too. So I'm, I'm weighing it all out and just being okay with that tension a little bit. Now I have my child banging on the door. You can probably hear. So. Yeah. So let them in if you like, we'll wrap it up when they get in. It's <laughs> my little daughter, Greta. She's uh, in her frozen dress. Cause she's really excited. For Is the she the four-year-old? She's the four-year-old, yeah. The dancer. Yeah, she's the dancer. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, look, I am, Brian. I'm wrapped that you were able to come back and share everything you did. It's always a pleasure talking to you. I love uh, your contribution inside the group when you're there, and I can picture your smiling face while we're talking the whole time. I can't wait to follow along with Wild Trail Studios and also with you and your business and, and see where life and business takes you, mate. So, again, thanks so much for coming on and, and sharing everything you have. I appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. What an, it's an honor, right? honestly. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Brian Bassani as much as I did. Brian, if you're listening, mate, again, thanks so much. I love everything you had to share and massive respect and thanks for opening up and, and going through what was such a tough experience for you and your family at the start of the interview. And also, for being so candid about what's working, what's not in your business. Uh, you know, you shared an absolute ton, and I know the listener will be super appreciative of everything that you had to share in today's episode, mate. So thank you. Thank you again. For you, the listener, I hope that's true. I'm sure it is. If there is something that Brian shared that you thought, yes, absolutely, I am going to be implementing that into my business, I would love to hear that. Leave a comment at the bottom of the show notes if something gelled with you. If you thought, yes, I am going to be doing that for sure, let me know in the comments area of the show notes and you can find them this week at photobizx.com forward slash 343. And in those show notes, in addition to the comments area at the very bottom, I've got examples of Brian's beautiful work. You can see a photo of his beautiful 
beautiful family right at the bottom there of the show notes. I've got links to anything and everything he mentioned. It's all there in the show notes. And of course, if you are a premium member, Brian is already part of our premium members Facebook group. So you'll have additional access to him there. Feel free to ask him anything. He is super candid and he's always up for a chat and happy to help wherever he can. I know that from experience. Plus for you, if you check out your version of the show notes, I've got those additional links to Brian's pricing page and also to the video that he's using on the Not Storefront to generate so many leads and bookings that way. And of course, if you have a follow-up question for Brian, post away inside the members Facebook group if you are a premium member. Alrighty, that is it for this episode of the podcast. I hope you have an amazing week. Next week's episode will come to you, well, will be coming to you from Adelaide in South Australia. I'll be popping down there for the week because it's the Tour Down Under the biggest cycling race in Australia. I'm not competing, (laughs) but I will be there to support the races, to be riding every day, enjoying what I expect to be super, super hot days down there. Hopefully not too affected by the bushfires, but it will be a podcast as usual next Monday. It may be a little bit late, but I'll promise to get it out to you on Monday. Again, have a fantastic week. I'll chat to you soon. Bye for now. Hey, it's Andrew here again. Quickly, I've just finished editing the podcast. It's all ready to go to you. And I thought I would quickly check on the photographer who I referred to at the beginning of the show, who's running the Facebook ad. I've just popped in. I've sent him a PM as well. He now has 56 likes. He's got 106 comments on his post. So this is a post or an which isn't yet an ad where he's looking for engaged couples. He's offering them a free session. Says he's looking for five different couples to photograph. And from the post... He's sending them to a questionnaire. On that questionnaire, he's asking important things like, do you have a photographer booked? What is the date of your wedding amongst other things? Because it's going to help qualify the leads that he's getting in. Obviously, he's looking for couples that are booking a wedding or having their wedding on a date that he has free. So he's available to photograph them. And also for couples that don't yet have a photographer booked. They, they certainly have to answer those two questions correctly for him to take the inquiry further. At this stage, he has 66 completed questionnaires, which is just phenomenal. So again, just reminding you, this is a post on his Facebook page. It hasn't yet been turned into an ad. This is purely organic reach. So to think or suggest that Facebook isn't working these days is is totally wrong. Now, I will add that, yes, the copy plays a massive part in the success of ads like this. And yes, you have to be a good enough photographer to be able to get great images, deliver a fantastic experience for the couples who are getting a free shoot. But remember, you still have, and this photographer still has the potential to make sales from this free session. It's going to be made very clear to the couples. It's not a bait and switch type method. They're going to be informed and it's made super clear to them, even in the questionnaire that they have and the ad copy, that they have the ability to purchase more photos after the session. But the big thing he's looking to do is generate wedding bookings. So the idea is he photographs a free session, the couple fall in love with him, the way he works, his photography, the whole experience, and they want to go on and book him as their photographer. So that's the main goal in addition to making or generating sales from the engagement shoot. Now, what some photographers are doing, I'm not sure what he's doing, 
but they'll offer a sweetener and incentive for the couple to book him as their wedding photographer by offering the engagement session files free. Now, you don't need to do that, but that's another thing you can do to incentivize the couple to book you for their wedding photographer. So yeah, I just wanted to give you an update. This is all based on the interview I did with photography business coach Bernie Griffiths in episode 136, which you'll find at photobizx.com forward slash 136. From that initial interview, which I booked 23 portrait sessions from by following Bernie's advice, the PhotoBizX community, the members, and myself, we've refined the whole process from that stemmed another three or four interviews with Bernie, countless trial and error versions of the ad copy and the follow-up sequence and the lead qualification process to create what's now the Facebook ads course. And if you don't know about the Facebook ads course, it steps you through this whole process in a step-by-step fashion. So how to create your copy, how to set up your ad, how to qualify your leads. It works for pet photographers, wedding photographers, portrait photographers, newborn photographers. It doesn't matter what kind of photography you shoot, if it's wedding or portrait related, this approach will work. But if you're shooting weddings, you should definitely be targeting engaged couples right now. To get the course, you can find it over at photobizx.com or you can go to fbadpromo.com, fbadpromo.com, because what you are doing is running a Facebook ad promotion to bring clients into you, get them in front of your camera where you have the potential to make great sales on the back end. And anyone that tells you that offering free shoots isn't a good way to bring clients in, wedding clients specifically, they are totally wrong. (laughs) I'm saying that from experience, from myself. I've booked, I think it was seven weddings from the first time I ran an ad like this. And all I did was get couples in front of my camera for a free engagement shoot. We hit it off. I delivered a great experience to them, a great set of images to them as well. And they booked me for their wedding. In fact, one couple cancelled and lost their deposit on a photographer they already had booked to change their booking to me. So yeah, this really does work. You can offer free shoots and profit from them. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. As long as you are strategic in your approach and you have a process that you're working to that brings the right leads, the right potential clients to you, and then you have a process to take them or step them through the way you work to convert them to fans of you and your business, your photography and the way you work. So they go on to book you for their wedding. Facebook works, Facebook advertising works, free sessions work. (laughs) Yeah, you just got to put this stuff into practice. So if you want more information, head over and check out the interview with Bernie, which is at photobizx.com forward slash 136. Or check out the Facebook ads course if you want to shortcut the process, get it all dialed in quickly and easily and have your ad running the same day that you purchase the course. And that's at fbadpromo.com. That's fbadpromo.com, all one word. All right, if you've got any questions, post away in the comments area of today's episode or shoot me an email. It's andrew at photobizx.com. And I'll keep you posted on how the photographer in question is going. If you're a premium member, if you remember to ask me inside the members Facebook group, I'll let you know exactly who it is we're talking about because he is a member a premium member of PhotoBizX, and I'm sure you'll be happy to share in detail how this is all playing out. All right, that's it from me. Catch you later. Bye for now. 
have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest.